Act Two of the History of King Lear by Nahum Tate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene: Gloucester's House. Scene One: Enter Bastard. The Duke comes here tonight. I'll take advantage of his arrival to complete my project. Brother, a word. Come forth. Tis I, your friend. Enter Edgar. My father watches for you. Fly this place. Intelligence is given where you are hid. Take the advantage of the night. Bethink ye have not spoke against the Duke of Cornwall something that might show you a favour of Duke Albany's party. Nothing. Why ask you? Because he's coming here to-night, in haste, and Regan with him. Hark! The guards! Away! Let them come on. I'll stay and clear myself. Your innocence at leisure may be heard, but Gloucester's storming rage as yet is deaf, and you may perish ere allowed the hearing. Exit Edgar. Gloucester comes yonder, now to my feigned scuffle. Yield! Come before my father! Lights here, lights! Some blood drawn on me would beget opinion. Stabs his arm. Of our more fierce encounter, I have seen drunkards do more than this in sport. Enter Gloucester and servants. Now, Edmund, where's the traitor? Oh, that name, sir, strikes horror through me. But my brother, sir, stood here in the dark. Thou bleedst. Pursue the villain and bring him piecemeal to me. Sir, he's fled. Let him fly far. This kingdom shall not hide him. The noble duke, my patron, comes to-night. By his authority I will proclaim rewards for him that brings him to the stake, and death for the concealer. Then of my lands, loyal and natural boy, I'll work the means to make thee capable. Exeunt. Scene two. Enter Kent, disguised still, and Goneril's gentleman, severally. Good morrow, friend. Belongst thou to this house? Ask them will answer thee. Where may we set our horses? I the mire. I am in haste. Prithee, and thou lovest me, tell me. I love thee not. Why, then, I care not for thee? And I had thee in Lipsbury Pinfold, I'd make thee care for me. What dost thou mean? I know thee not. But, minion, I know thee. What dost thou know me for? For a base, proud, beggarly, white-livered, glass-gazing, superserviceable, finical rogue, one that would be a pimp in way of good service, and art nothing but a composition of knave, beggar, coward, pander. What a monstrous fellow art thou, to rail at one that is neither known of thee, nor knows thee? Impudent slave, not know me, who but two days since tripped up thy heels before the king. Draw, miscreant, or I'll make the moon shine through thee. What means the fellow? Why, prithee, prithee, I tell thee I have nothing to do with thee. I know your rogueship's office. You come with letters against the king, taking my young lady vanity's part against her royal father. Draw, rascal. Mirtha, Mirtha, help ho! Dost thou scream, peacock? Strike, puppet! Stand dapper, slave! Help he! Murther! Help! Exit. Kent after him. 
Scene three. Flourish. Enter Duke of Cornwall, Regan, attended. Gloucester, bastard. All welcome to your graces. You do me honour. Gloucester, who have heard with sorrow that your life has been attempted by your impious son, but Edmund here has paid you strictest duty. He did betray his practice, and received the hurt you see, striving to apprehend him. Is he pursued? He is, my lord. Use our authority to apprehend the traitor, and do justice on his head. For you, Edmund, that have so signalized your virtue, you from henceforth shall be ours. Natures of such firm trust we much shall need. Aside. A charming youth, and worth my further thought. Lay comforts, noble Gloucester, to your breast, as we to ours. This night be spent in revels. We choose you, Gloucester, for our host to-night. A troublesome expression of our love. On to the sports before us. Who are these? Enter the gentleman pursued by Kent. Now, what's the matter? Keep peace. Upon your lives he dies that strikes. Whence and what are ye? Sir, they are messengers, the one from your sister, the other from the king. Your difference. Speak. I am scarce in breath, my lord. No marvel. You have so bestirred your valour. Nature disclaims the dastard. A tailor made him. Speak yet. How grew your quarrel? Sir, this old ruffian here, whose life I spared in pity to his bed. Thou essence bottle, in pity to my beard. Your leave, my lord, and I will tread the muscat into mortar. Know'st thou our presence? Yes, sir, but anger has a privilege. Why art thou angry? That such a slave as this should wear a sword, and have no courage, office, and no honesty. Not frost and fire hold more antipathy than I and such a knave. Why dost thou call him knave? His countenance likes me not. No more, perhaps, does mine, nor his or hers. Plain dealing is my trade. And to be plain, sir, I have seen better faces in my time than stands on any shoulders now before me. This is some fellow that, having once been praised for bluntness, sense affects a saucy rudeness. But I have known one of these surly knaves that in his plainness harboured more design than twenty cringing, complimenting minions. What's the offence you gave him? Never any, sir. It pleased the king his mastery lately, to strike me on a slender misconstruction. Whilst watching his advantage, this old lurcher tripped me behind, for which the king extolled him, and flushed with the honour of this bold exploit, drew on me here again. Bring forth the stocks. We'll teach you. Sir, I'm too old to learn. Call not the stocks for me. I serve the king on whose employment I was sent to you. You'll show too small respect and too bold malice against the person of my royal master, stalking his messenger. Bring forth the stocks! As I have life and honour, there shall he sit till noon. Till noon, my lord. Till night, and all night too. Why, madam, if I were your father's dog, you would not use me so. Sir, being his knave, I will. Let me beseech your graces to forbear him. His fault is much. 
much and the good king his master will check him for it but needs must take it ill to be thus slighted in his messenger we'll answer that our sister may receive it worse to have her gentleman assaulted to our business lead exit i am sorry for thee friend tis the duke's pleasure whose disposition will not be controlled but i'll entreat for thee pray do not sir i have watched and travelled hard some time i shall sleep out the rest i'll whistle farewell to you sir exit gloucester all weary and o'erwatched i feel the drowsy guest steal on me take advantage heavy eyes of this kind slumber not to behold this vile and shameful lodging sleeps scene four enter edgar i heard myself proclaimed and by the friendly hollow of a tree escaped the hunt no port is free no place where guards and most unusual vigilance do not attend to take me how easy now twere to defeat the malice of my trail and leave my griefs on my sword's reeking point but love detains me from death's peaceful cell still whispering me cordelia's in distress unkind as she is i cannot see her wretched but must be near to wait upon her fortune who knows but the white minute yet may come when edgar may do service to cordelia that charming hope still ties me to the oar of painful life and makes me too submit to the humblest shifts to keep that life afoot my face i will be smear and knit my locks the country gives me proof and precedent of bedlam beggars who with roaring voices strike in their numbed and mortified bare arms pins iron spikes thorns sprigs of rosemary and thus from sheepcoats villages and mills sometimes with prayers sometimes with lunatic bands enforce their charity poor turleygod poor tom that's something yet edgar i am no more exit scene five kent in the stocks still enter lear attended tis strange that they should so depart from home and not send back our messenger hail noble master how makes thou this shame thy pastime what's he that has so much mistook thy place to set thee here it is both he and she sir your son and daughter no yes no i say i say yea by jupiter i swear no by juno i swear i swear i they durst not do't they could not would not do't tis worse than murder to do upon respect such violent outrage resolve me with all modest haste which way thou mayst deserve or they impose this usage my lord when at their home i did commend your highness letters to them ere i was risen arrived another post steered in his haste breathless and panting forth from goneril his mistress salutations whose message being delivered they took horse commending me to follow and attend the leisure of their answer which i did but meeting that other messenger whose welcome i perceived had poisoned mine being the very fellow that of late had shown such rudeness to your highness i having more man than wit about me drew on which he raised the house with coward cries 
This was the trespass which your son and daughter thought worth the shame you see it suffer here. Oh, how this spleen swells upward to my heart, and heaves for passage. Down, thou climbing rage, thy elements below. Where is this daughter? Within, sir, at a mask. Enter Gloucester. Now, Gloucester? Ha! Deny to speak with me. They are sick, they are weary, they have travelled hard to-night. Mere fetches. Bring me a better answer. My dear lord, you know the fiery quality of the duke. Vengeance! Death, plague, confusion! Fiery? What quality? Why, Gloucester, Gloucester, I'd speak with the Duke of Cornwall and his wife. I have informed em so. Informed em? Dost thou understand me, man? I tell thee, Gloucester. Ay, my good lord. The king would speak with Cornwall. The dear father would with his daughter speak, commands her service. Are they informed of this? My breath and blood, fiery, the fiery duke. Tell the hot duke. No, but not yet. Maybe he is not well. Infirmity does still neglect all office. I beg his pardon, and I'll chide my rashness that took the indisposed and sickly fit for the sound man. But wherefore sits he there? Death on my state, this act convinces me that this retiredness of the duke and her is plain contempt. Give me my servant forth. Go tell the duke and's wife I'd speak with them. Now, instantly, bid em come forth and hear me, or at their chamber door I'll beat the drum till it cries sleep to death. Enter Cornwall and Regan. Oh, are ye come? Health to the king. I am glad to see your highness. Regan, I think you are. I know what cause I have to think so. Shouldst thou not be glad, I would divorce me from thy mother's tomb. Beloved Regan, thou wilt shake to hear what I shall utter. Thou couldst ne'er have thought it. Thy sister's not, O Regan. She has tied ingratitude like a keen vulture here. Kent here set at liberty. I scarce can speak to thee. I pray you, sir, take patience. I have hope that you know less to value her desert than she to slack her duty. Ha! How's that? I cannot think my sister in the least would fail in her respects. But if perchance she has restrained the riots of your followers, tis on such grounds and to such wholesome ends as clears her from all blame. My curse is on her. Oh, sir, you are old and should content you to be ruled and led by some discretion that discerns your state better than you yourself. Therefore, sir, return to our sister, and say you have wronged her. Ha! Ask her forgiveness? No, no. Twas my mistake. Thou didst not mean so. Dear daughter, I confess that I am old. Age is unnecessary. But thou art good, and wilt dispense with my infirmity. Good sir, no more of these unsightly passions. Return back to our sister. Never, Regan. 
she has abated me of half of my train looked black upon me stabbed me with her tongue all the stored vengeances of heaven fall on her ingrateful head strike her young bones ye taking heirs with lameness o oh, the blessed gods thus will you wish on me when the rash mood no regan thou shalt never have my curse thy tender nature cannot give thee o'er to such impiety thou better know'st the offices of nature bond of childhood and dues of gratitude thou bear'st in mind the half of the kingdom which our love conferred on thee and thine good sir to the purpose who put my man i the stocks what trumpet's that i know it my sisters this confirms her letters sir is your lady come enter goneril's gentleman more torture still there is a slave whose easy borrowed pride dwells in the fickle grace of her he follows a fashion fop that spends the day in dressing and all to bear his lady's flattering message that can deliver with a grace her lie and with as bold a face bring back a greater out varlet from my sight what means your grace who stocked my servant regan i have hope thou didst not know it enter goneril who comes here oh heavens if you do love old men if your sweet sway allow obedience if yourselves are old make it your cause send down and take my part why gorgon dost thou come to haunt me here art not ashamed to look upon this beard darkness upon my eyes they play me false o regan wilt thou take her by the hand why not by the hand sir how have i offended all's not offence that indiscretion finds and dotage terms so heart thou art too tough i pray you sir being old confess you are so if till the expiration of your month you will return and sojourn with my sister dismissing half your train come then to me i am now from home and out of that provision that shall be needful for your entertainment return with her and fifty knights dismissed no rather i'll forswear all roofs and choose to be companion to the midnight wolf my naked head exposed to the merciless air than have my smallest wants supplied by her at your choice sir now i prithee daughter do not make me mad i will not trouble thee my child farewell we'll meet no more no more see one another let shame come when it will i do not call it i do not bid the thunder-bearer strike nor tell tales of thee to avenging heaven mend when thou canst be better at thy leisure i can be patient i can stay with regan i and my hundred knights your pardon sir i looked not for you yet nor am provided for your fit welcome is this well spoken now my sister treats you fair what fifty followers is it not well what should you need of more why might not you my lord receive attendance from those whom she calls servants or from mine why not my lord 
if then they chance to slack you we could control em if you come to me for now i see the danger i entreat you to bring but five and twenty to no more will i give place hold now my temper stand this bolt unmoved and i am thunder-proof the wicked when compared with the more wicked seem beautiful and not to be the worst stands in some rank of praise now goneril thou art innocent again i'll go with thee thy fifty yet does double five and twenty and thou art twice her love hear me my lord what need you five and twenty ten or five to follow in a house where twice so many have a command to attend you what need one blood fire here leprosies and bluest plagues room room for hell to belch her horrors up and drench the circes in a stream of fire hark how the infernals echo to my rage their whips and snakes how lewd a thing is passion so old and stomachful lightning and thunder heavens drop your patience down you see me here ye gods a poor old man as full of griefs as age wretched in both i'll bear no more no you unnatural hags i will have such revenges on you both that all the world shall i will do such things what they are yet i know not but they shall be the terrors of the earth you think i'll weep thunder again this heart shall break into a thousand pieces before i'll weep oh gods i shall go mad exit tis a wild night come out of the storm exeunt end of the second act